0: What do you know about that, man? <laughs> that
1: was pretty fun. <laughs> Some of the questions I have here are actually about the shad die-off in uh, Cumberland. Okay. So I said, When did y'all catch them fish on the pictures? Um, uh, we went yesterday and slayed them. Let's get this started real quick and then I'll tell you about it. No, but uh, the bass that person
2: uh, kept getting off.
1: Let me, so, I'll tell you in a second. Let's get right. it started. So we got shad and alewife. Yeah, so, I'll um, just get it started. I'm Chase Wanninger, host of the Kentucky Field Podcast. Lee McClellan, co-host. Happy spring, everybody. It's here, and today's guest, Paul Wilkes. Paul, you are a, a, a acting director of fisheries right now, right? That's correct. Trying on some new shoes. Tell me a little bit about what you do. Oh uh, well, right now
0: I've jumped into the acting director role. Uh, Ron Brooks was our former fisheries director, did an outstanding job for a little over a decade. Um, but as we all know, Asian carp have become quite the problem in Kentucky, and, mm-hmm. and it's one that's just continued to grow. Ron has been spearheading our efforts to combat Asian carp for years now, and now that we're getting more federal assistance for this, he's taking it on full time. So mm-hmm. a huge thanks on behalf of our fishermen for Ron taking that role on mm-hmm.
1: and fighting a good fight against Asian carp. I'll tell you what, you and Ron both are going to be on Kentucky field this weekend um the modified unified segment runs on this weekend show oh great and they're laying
2: the piece out for the magazine
1: yeah so it it, it looks pretty good i actually just watched it this morning so if people want to learn a little bit more i'm sure we're going to talk asian carp today (laughs) um but uh if people want to see that video it'll be on youtube on wednesday the segment will go on youtube and on our facebook page but it's on the show this weekend so I'm excited to see
0: it. I mean, as a biologist and a fisherman, the yeah. the amount of Asian carp that are out there and mm-hmm. the amount that these new methods
1: are removing just mm-hmm. blows my mind. Yeah, it's a it's re- it was really cool getting to go see it in person. I think we were all there. I mean, yeah, you were there, Leah, <laughs> yeah. and um, you're in the segment. Paul and I were on the boat together going yeah. up and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Paul's yeah. on the segment while he's on the boat giving the spill because mm-hmm. Jameson, the videographer, yeah. was on that same boat. So it kind of starts off with Ron. Tyke
2: um, orders on that boat. Dwayne, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> It'll be, uh, it'll be good, but you can get a little sneak peek at that segment before you leave here if you want to. Oh, awesome, for sure. So what I was thinking we could do today was kind of go through some of the leftover questions from the Spring Fishing calling Show. And, of course, that was, I think, February 22nd. We get way more questions than we can actually answer in our time limit. Um, I think you had Jeff Ross and Jeff Crosby on as biologists answering those questions. But I have a stack of questions right here that didn't get answered. I thought maybe we could get to them. Let's do what we can. Well, the first question Lee asked was where we were catching those bass at. And I'm not going to tell you where we were catching them. <laughs> Farm pond. Yeah, Farm I, pond. I figured. I'm actually, I'll actually. i show you this. We went yesterday. Guy was on my way home from work, and uh, I just had the itch to fish, and I had my stuff with me. I was going to go to Floyd's Fork and try to catch trout. Kristen said, no, let's go back out to that pond and let's try to catch some, some big bass. And we went and hammered them yesterday check This makes one makes you sick. Huh? I don't want to see any pictures unless wow. can go. Yeah, we caught nine, and uh, I mean, I probably take you out there. Oh, wow, there's some pretty good ones. Um, I mean, yeah, I think we caught of, that's awesome. Of the nine, I think five of them would have gone over four and a half, and the big one was probably six and some change. Nice, but I mean, I finally found a pond that seems like it has a good ratio. I mean, you know, most ponds you go to, they're overpopulated with bass. You're catching 12 inches and 8 inches and 14 oh, yeah, inches, yeah. and you're not catching big fish. But mm-hmm. this, this pond is like, you might go 45 minutes without a bite, but when you get a bite, it's probably going to be a good one. I'd rather have that. It's worth it when you get it. Well, I was a little bit worried about it because I've fished ponds like that before that have had only big fish in them. Then after a few years, you're not catching any fish. But we did catch four... Bash yesterday that were between six and ten inches so that tells me we got some year classes so it's probably what'd you catch them on swim bait which uh, the pond it's the deepest point it's probably four and a half feet deep wow very shallow so i'm thinking it's probably heated up a little bit quicker yeah it's probably a two and a half acre pond four and a half feet deep so i'm thinking they might be hitting that swim bait a little earlier than the most because when we first went out there i was throwing a, a worm and i was just slow crawling the bottom trying to get that lethargic bite mm-hmm. you know but they're hammering the swim bait that's fun I got a feeling they're pretty much only eating bluegill in there, so I kind of want to get like a huddleston or some <laughs> bluegill imitator and throw it. But
0: it's hard to get those those farm ponds balanced right, where mm-hmm. you have where you have the quality bass you want. But man, yeah. when you hit the sweet spot, it's oh, always yeah. worth it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of the questions we get. Somebody asked me at a gas station the other day. I was <laughs> in an apartment truck, and he was asking me if we would still come out and shock up a farm pond. Now I think we discontinued that, right? Yeah, that's
0: something we've throttled back on, basically, is we have less resources. Mm -hmm. We want to provide the most benefit to the most fishermen we can. So we've kind of gone to the big reservoirs. But as for these small farm ponds, you know, the big thing that surprises most people Mm -hmm. is the importance of harvesting fish. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's true. Like, you know, if you have a lot of small bass, uh, I I mean, there's only so much room for poundage of of fish per acre. Mm -hmm. So taking some of those small fish out provides opportunity for a few to grow up to that four and
1: a half yeah. five pound size you like to see and the uh we did a piece with jeff crosby farm pond management was the piece we did and that was last spring i want to say mm-hmm. yeah and um he was basically telling us say, hey you know the department isn't doing quite as much hands-on with farm ponds anymore but if somebody wants to know how to improve their pond they can still call they can still email send pictures if you got vegetation issues absolutely do
2: we, we do any technical guidance anymore
1: um, we do
0: it mostly on phone by phone. We also yeah. have really been increasing the content we have on our website. It's a great yeah. resource. Yeah. You can just get on that search bar, look farm pond management mm-hmm. and really get a lot of good info, browse through it on your own. Yeah. Uh, but
1: there's also a lot of private companies that do that as well now. Yeah. Oh, and it kind of walks you through the website does of you know if you're starting a pond, you just built a pond, you're wanting to stock it with fish, the kind of the ratio mm-hmm. of bass to bluegill number per acre, stuff like that to stock it healthy. Um, it walks you through aquatic vegetation, yeah. uh, different types and how to deal with it. Um, some of it's removed by hand, some of it's chemicals, blah, blah, blah. Might be putting a carp in there if you need a carp. <laughs> um, but it's a really informative. So if somebody has questions about farm ponders having problems with one, look at that. And I, like you spoke to a second ago, the number one thing people overlook is actually harvesting fish out of a farm pond. I think you can get a permit if you have a very overpopulated farm pond. Is that something that's... Yeah, absolutely.
0: So we do provide exemptions against the, the statewide regulations mm-hmm. if you have a farm pond that you need to harvest smaller fish. Maybe for example, your largemouth aren't all even getting to 12 inches mm-hmm. yeah. because they're so overpopulated. That is definitely an option. Yeah. Come talk to us.
1: Yeah. I'm going to pull out... This might make noise. The fishing guide. I think I have a new fishing guide here. There's crappie copy on it. I figured if we're gonna go through and try to answer questions, I should probably have a guide handy. Oh, you know, yeah. I don't, reference material is always useful. I don't have one in here. I thought I did. I must have taken it into the other room recently. Um, oh well. Look it up online, or I can go get a fishing guide if I need to. Um, let's go ahead and jump into some of these questions. You guys ready? Let's do it. I think this first one's actually one for Lee, Linda, and Kevin from Floyd County Master Angler Angler Program. Mm-hmm about it that's all it says master angler program about it so i guess i want to know about it
2: well um i wish i had a fishing guide i think it's page 27 it's 27 because yeah. i just put together that video that yeah. we shot oh the video. cool yeah Did, um so you it's it's based on minimum length not weight and there's Quite a few, all the game fish species and the most popular species are on this. Mm-hmm. So if you catch one, say, smallmouth bass is 20 inches. Um, if you fish this weekend and you catch a 21-incher, then you've caught a uh, trophy fish.
1: Yeah, and you can uh, take a picture of that.
2: Yes, you can take a picture of it. And then next February, you have to do it within 60 days of the catch. Yeah. Uh, it's online only, so go to our website. Um, just type in. Trophy Fish Awards in the search bar. It'll bring you it to the pertinent page. Mm-hmm. Fill it out. And then next February, you'll receive a hat pin
1: yeah. or lapel pin. And that's the Trophy Fish program. The Master Angler is if you get three of those in one year, right? So um,
2: We're upgrading the website on that right now. Um, it's going to be a little while before the Master Angler uh, Awards are, are going again. But we're reconstructing that webpage right now.
1: Yeah. And that's something I've, got, I've gotten a pin before. I know you have. And that's mm-hmm. something I want to do. This year's Brown Trout year. It's really cool. Well, you talking about twenty nineteen? Yeah. I didn't do it in twenty nineteen. I should have. Let me see here. Oh yeah, super cool
0: program. I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually cheating. Even when we couldn't find the paper guide. Mm-hmm. Um, I
1: just pulled up the app we've been working on. It's oh. got the guide right on there, so I can pull it up on my phone. You can easy. find the guide on the website right now, but the app, when it rolls out, is going to be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm pumped. Yeah, I've played with it on the on the app before too. What is there a date that we might expect this? Oh man, I wish I had one. We are we are I'm working on as hard committee. as we can.
0: Yeah
2: the voting app committee
1: and if if we
0: can get that thing out um this summer I'm i'm really excited about it we want to troubleshoot the bugs so it comes Mm -hmm. out as good as we can but oh yeah easy access to the guide easy access to regs and uh, don't tell anybody but if you look in the right spot there's
1: gps locations for some of our habitat work yeah Mm -hmm. i think it has all the boat ramps listed it has all the fish structure and habitat it's like an interactive map you can be on the lake and have your phone out, right, and see your location on the lake relative to the habitat. Yeah. So it, it's really cool. it's like a Navionics combined with a fishing guide, and it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, I actually uh, I was
0: giving a presentation on it one day, showing it off to people, and it interfaces with Google Maps. And when I'm out on the water and I find a spot that I like, I'll pin it. Yeah. And I accidentally showed like all my good spots on Taylorsville <laughs> on a talk one day. Uh, but anyway, all
1: that to say, I love it, and it'll be it'll be great to use when we get it out can't wait i'm sure we'll t- probably talk about it on the show and in the future because i mean I, like i said i played with it it's pretty cool uh lee from jefferson county what's the best bait for sauger below a dam and the sauger bite probably is on right now yeah you want to take that any of
2: you well, I, I mean i don't see how you beat a curly tail grub
1: well yeah, it, it depends know. on i think if you're casting or vertically jigging yeah yeah that's the two different things most people do
2: use I, enough I, weight to get down there and bang it though if you're not banging bottom yeah. You're not catching sauger most below a dam, and I Don't think that's think? A,
0: that's an important distinction is deciding you know if you're boat or you're bank fishing. Yeah, yeah if you're bank fishing, pulling a, a lower weight jig, quarter ounce, mm-hmm. something that's that's moving along the bottom is good. But if you're in the boat doing that vertical bounce on the bottom, I mean, any sort of
2: a spoon will work. Uh,
0: yeah, anything
1: that's hitting the bottom, that's bouncing and slow, and and just feel for the the wet rag. Yeah, mm-hmm. we. Uh, <laughs> we uh you know we've gone sauger fishing quite a bit and so i'll just give you an example on the show we went sauger fishing down here below lock four from the bank and they were throwing like you said a curly tail grub i want to say pink or white and just dragging pink, it across white, the bottom. pink white chartreuse and yeah, those, lime green yeah lime those one. are the colors and they were just dragging it across the bottom having luck mm-hmm. then we go out on a boat exact same location we'd use a slightly different jig pink or chartreuse or white still tip it with a minnow And then we'd also drop a stinger hook off of it. Yeah. Because a lot of times I feel like you catch the sauger on that stinger hook. And bring
2: plenty because most of those tailwaters, it is a snaggle tooth down there.
1: Well, and that's a benefit of a stinger hook, too, is that you just if you get snagged, you just break off the stinger hook and Mm -hmm. don't lose your whole jig. And those stinger hooks, you can probably buy them. I don't know if you can get them at Walmart, but you can get them at Cabela's or Bass Pro or something like that. And they uh, just slide right over top of your hook, got a little yeah. rubber coating on them. It's real, real easy and they're not that expensive either.
0: And I, uh, when I get real lazy, I even buy some of the jigs that I already have them tied on, yeah. which is really handy as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, you if you're starting out for the first time, you know you've got the setup the yeah. way it should be.
1: I think it's worth it to buy the stinger hooks instead of trying to hand-tie your own ones on there because it just takes so much time to tie this knot, then let's tie this knot, Then mm-hmm. you do that six times, you've wasted quite a bit of a fishing time. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, uh, Paul. Are walleye being stocked in Dale Hollow Lake or Cumberland?
0: Um, They're being stocked for sure in in Cumberland and Dale Hollow, and um, you know our walleye in the reservoirs. Those all those are going to be stocked fish in Kentucky right now, and they're Erie strain in Cumberland. Um, And and as you know, what we do in Cumberland is we have a few pulse years where we'll kind of alternate. Like one year we'll we'll stock one number, the next year we'll try to hit them a little harder and and get their numbers up so a lot of what's going on at Cumberland is going to be in response to seeing how that water quality affects our, our striper and our walleye fishery this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited to say that uh, I actually got out on the water with some of our, our district crew sampling for striper and walleye this winter, and we were pleasantly surprised with what we saw. Really happy to good. see some good numbers.
1: Good, good, I might go give that a try. I'd love to catch some walleye. That's oh. one of the fish I never, I mean, I catch sauger and sauger, but walleye mm-hmm. just evades me somehow. So. I, they drive me nuts on Cumberland, but we They're see- hard. We see some of the best catch
0: rates in the state. It to me, when I go out there for the nighttime striper bite, mm-hmm. I just man, I love You'll roll a big
2: walleye doing that.
0: Yeah, I love pulling in a three or four pound walleye regularly when you're when you're out doing that. Man, mm-hmm. it's it's fun.
1: Good table fare too. Oh yeah. Um, actually that's another question in here. Uh, what's better striper or walleye is another question here to eat. Well, I mean that's a uh, I think that's a personal preference. Like what do you like better,
0: like steak or pork, you know? Yeah. Steak. I mean, steak. steak. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, well, bad, bad analogy. Come on, man. but yeah, I mean, yeah, you got the meaty, you got the meaty filet flavor. You got
1: the little softer. Uh, I think it all depends on about how you cook them. That's true. I mean, you know, the
2: dam on Cumberland's a good spot to fish for walleye during the, in the spring. Sh- yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it is. I've actually, I've heard the tales, and man, I want to try. That's, it, that's one it of yet. the places
2: that John Williams and they, and I think Marcia they still shock there when they're doing and
0: some when they're up man I've heard more and more stories about how good it is down
1: there and I just I haven't got to give it a try yet I want to go I'll be going at some point invite me when you guys go alright um, next one we already kind of hit on this JC Williams from Lee County how big can a largemouth get in a farm pond that is two acres that's, that's a, to me you guys and you you might have a different answer it, we kind of hit on that earlier I don't think it has as much to do with the size of the pond as the biology of the mm-hmm. pond yeah seven pounds five and a half ounces exactly (laughs) Exactly. on the nose
0: (laughs) i mean no no but that's you hit it i mean it is it just depends on how you manage that pond and and honestly in kentucky you're you're growing season and forage base yeah Mm -hmm.
1: yeah here i mean a far two acre farm pond i've been to two acre farm ponds where the biggest fish i can pull out of there's 14 inches and i've been to two acre farm ponds that i'm catching seven pounders probably 10 pounder floating around in there somewhere you know so i mean i just think it's completely dependent on the pond yeah. itself you not know. the side you could probably get a a quarter acre pond that would hold a five pounder if it was mm-hmm. managed right yeah i mean it's that fertility and forage base you know we see in some of
0: our lakes where you know we stock trout for example there's an extra sport forage, mm-hmm. forage base there's there's a little larger fish you go to a farm pond that's just Super, super
1: fertile and
0: has a lot of bluegill in it. Yeah, you'll see bigger
1: bass. When you say a little extra forage and a little bit bigger fish, you're talking about like a 14 pound, nine and a half pounds. (laughs) Because the state record last year did come from a Trockstout Lake. Oh, 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 And the state
2: record before that, and the state record before that, going all the way back to Delbert Grizzle when he caught him out of Greenbow back in the 60s. Yeah, it does. All those lakes have trout.
1: Yeah. I'd say trout's probably just extremely easy for a bass to digest. Yeah.
2: I mean, and nutrition, not the wazoo.
0: I mean, yeah, you think about, you know, trout and these water bodies i mean outside of wintertime they're not going to make it so yeah. when you get in the spring and they start slowing down and starting to struggle mm-hmm. as water temperatures warm i mean there's no easy it's easier just a crime for crime yeah i mean <laughs> and there's,
1: it's smooth going down it's not mm-hmm. got spines right. on it like a bluegill yeah. so i mean and i'd like to say the scales aren't even you know probably as hard to digest or break down it's probably just like eating a protein bar yeah you know, exactly a... it doesn't get any easier all right joe from pendleton county can you clarify the wade fishing on a stream that crosses private property, um, he's talking about, you know, you can kayak. Can you wade fish?
2: Yeah, I'm very familiar with that one. Uh, here in Franklin County, we had a ruling where wading is considered um, uh, sacrosanct. It's considered a primary activity of the water. That's not true other places. When your feet touch the bottom, if that bottom, that the landowner, no one owns the water that is in the public domain. So you can float. So if you have access to the water you can float to your takeout and you're you're harming nothing. When those feet hit the ground you're more than likely trespassing. So it's it's a gray area that's you know um uh,
1: <clears throat> you're okay in Franklin County yeah. though. Franklin yes. County is yeah. the only county.
2: But in some old deeds sometimes only go to the water line so there's that gray area too, just, to, you know, and who's gonna pull a deed to say, can I go wade through there? Just yeah, respecting and, and common sense plays a lot in and this. And I think
0: common know? sense is the main piece there. I mean, nobody wants to start a fight with a landowner while yeah. you're trying to enjoy a day fishing. Yeah. So, I mean, if you get to, if you're unsure, and never stand, there's, there's not ask, much
2: ask, ask permission, then you have nothing to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Just ask permission, say, sir, I'd look, could I wade back here? Yeah. You know, I mean, make it worth them something,
1: you know. To,
2: you know, to, bring be, them a gift or, you yeah. know, offer some money, you know, make it worth their time.
1: You, you'd be amazed at how easygoing landowners are mm-hmm. until somebody trashes the property or disrespect. Yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Most people are perfectly cool with it until they, you know, pick up trash from people for three months and yeah, they say, you know no what, now I'm going to start being a little bit you of know,
2: a. I, I go to the Ozarks to fish all the time, and there's been a lot of places, no, we don't allow people to fish. Well, if we all gave you $10, $15, $20, we've had people turn, oh! And we're not going to be here again. We're going back home tomorrow. So how about that? No, Oh, they'll they'll gladly do that, and then you'll get waiting access. And
0: almost every landowner will tell you one of those stories where they've had somebody come down and trash their property. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's on us as anglers to make sure when we do, we're
1: we're causing as little issue for the landowner as we can. We talked about this last year. I remember exactly when it was. It was Memorial Day weekend because the access point on Elkhorn Creek oh. shut down Friday. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Is that the one we did out there? No, this is a Peaks Mill access to so the yeah. Peaks Mill Bridge.
2: What the, what the one we did out at uh, Canoe, Kentucky, was that when we talked about that?
1: Yeah, oh, we might, yeah yeah we did talk about it out there on location. But yeah, that guy, he got tired of people trashing up his property and it was trashed all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. I use that place all the time and there was always people swimming and throwing trash around and beer cans laying everywhere. Yeah. I can't blame him a bit for closing it down, but he did it, <laughs> literally hay bailed mm-hmm. it off friday night before memorial day weekend and it just you
0: know but
2: no trespassing signs everywhere
0: yeah and then you like i said you hear the story from the landowner
1: and you're like okay yeah. can't I really blame why me. Now. Yeah. honestly it's probably easier going than i would have been so you know, that's the way i look at it um brian from bourbon county uh what number do i put on my noodles is it the same i put on my traps that's a yes Okay. that is your customer ID number it just changed recently yeah. oh yeah that, yes. that was a nice switch yeah, yeah that really way you're was. not putting
2: personal information yeah, you to have
1: to put your name and your address and your phone number mm-hmm. on your jugs and then if one floated off you know because I mean it occasionally happens you lose yeah. a jug here and there mm-hmm. it floated off I mean somebody's just randomly going to have all your info so <laughs> now it's a customer ID number game wardens can look it up we can look it up but your average person isn't going to have your everything they need to hack your identity you know mm-hmm. what I mean makes a lot more sense yeah yes. but that is the same number um mike from montgomery county is there a new world record smallmouth currently living in kentucky hmm. well <laughs> considering the the, 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 the world record the is in
2: kentucky uh, <laughs> 11 pounds 15 ounces uh the last major uh impoundment on a smallmouth stream and one of the few in which the smallmouth is the predominant black bass species is dell hollow um, and that was likely a river fish that was living in the uh wolf river before the dam was formed um yes maybe um likely no
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you want the truth dream, you want the dream. yes yeah reality probably not <laughs> it's kind of like the will i win the lottery today yeah. well, you, well, might.
2: you might you might but you could
1: but, <laughs> yeah, i mean as far as the way i understand it that's just a, the conditions were so perfect yeah that you know it's unlikely and, and it,
2: those river fish were were predisposed to genetically because you know times could be lean in the river so when there's yeah. food sources
1: they, they just pounded. sat there
2: and pounded and pounded and then they had this buffet of <laughs> and they just sat there and you know yeah. old joe is what uh yeah what mr hayes called him and old joe just sat there and got, got big as all
1: you know yeah um i'd say your best chances for a big smallmouth what are you guys going to say there a dale i mean dale and laurel Them. yeah What's yeah two? john yeah. williams former fisheries biologist and then
2: Cumberland has a fantastic population.
1: They're really on the increase, too. They do. But I mean, I got to go with what I heard the biologists say, you know, the fisheries guys. And John Williams covered those three lakes. Yeah. yeah. And he always said laurel. Laurel.
2: If I want one seven pounds or bigger, he always told me laurel. Oh,
0: yeah. But see, John's also one of those guys. You talk about walleye
1: fisheries. He's sneaking down to laurel to do his walleye fishing, too. Yeah. That's true. We've been out on the I've been out there with him. Yep. Um, when do stripers run in Nolan River? That's Bill from Davis County. I'm assuming he doesn't mean stripers. I'd say I'm he's meaning white bass. White bass, which are you know, same, same. A few family. weeks away, don't you think? Yeah, now, where they are you getting both running.
2: It's like, well, not yet.
1: You got to go out there and find out, because yeah. I mean, it literally could just all of a sudden happen, right? Mm-hmm. One rain or one set of. Warm... If you
2: drive by and there's no cars, no run. If you drive by and it's crowded, the run's on.
0: Well, I will tell you this: the three of us are right here doing a podcast. If they were running now, we wouldn't be here. Probably, not, yeah, no doubt. That's what I say about my comp time. We, <laughs> hey, we can we can do this remotely,
1: you know. <laughs> (laughs) yeah no doubt um i I love the white bass run i kind of want to hit early this year and try to catch because if you go to no land and you hit it early you might catch walleye you know yeah and if you hit it early on the saw you might catch saw guy or crappie so i kind of want to hit it on the front end and try to catch those other species and then keep fishing it as the white bass run up i will say i've seen a lot of guys on the ohio river catching hybrids that are running up doing their little mock run and he, he said they're kind of staging at the mouth right now, the tributaries, but that they are getting ready to do the run, and they've been having a lot of luck <clears throat> fishing the mouths of creeks on the Ohio. I told him, actually, I, I just messed up because I sent him a Facebook message and asked him about that when I saw him catching all those fish, and I told him I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> just, <laughs> just put well, it on the bar You kind of screwed that up, brother. Yeah, I know. I started, I started talking without thinking. Yeah, oh, well. Cheryl from Laurel County. Why didn't trout get stocked in Laurel Lake in Wilde? Oh well, th- this year there's a whole lot. That's a that's a huge question this mm-hmm. year,
0: actually. Um, the Wolf Creek Creek National Fish Hatchery uh, is really where we get the bulk of our trout for mm-hmm. Kentucky. It's where we get all of them. Um, and this year they they had some production issues that really slowed down production, and so we had to. We were in a we're down situation. 000. Yeah, we're down a hundred thousand. We're in a situation where we really had to look and see. Where trout were getting used the most, and where which lakes got the most trout, so mm-hmm. we could kind mm-hmm. of really make the little the smallest effect on the fisheries overall across <laughs> the state. And so, unfortunately, you know, Laurel got greatly reduced this year. So hopefully, we'll get back um, into business very soon. <coughs> and hopefully, the way that we spread them out yeah. is the least effect yeah. to anglers we could possibly have, yeah. given the the unfortunate circumstances. And it have been worse
2: had Arkansas not donated fifty thousand to us.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's a great point. I mean, huge thanks to Arkansas for donating us some fish so we could raise up and make up for some of those we lost. Um, and it, it's a cool example of how state fish and wildlife agencies and federal agencies all work together to help, um, help get the fish stocked in the fisheries we want. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, hatcheries, uh, man, that's a tall order. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, like, it's like crop farming, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, the, if something doesn't cooperate and you don't get the bumper crop you need, uh, you got to make do with
1: what you have. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a good example of that partnership. I'd say in general, like a lot of the places that the trout went, Finn's Lakes, things like that, probably get used for trout fishing a whole lot more. Like Laurel Lake, I'm sure there's a few people that do, but I'd say most of those trout are food. Well, that trout fishery has changed
0: a lot, and they also, it's not what it was 20 years ago. It, it's very different and, and that's a reality that, that we as fishermen have to deal with all the time is is a, a, that the
2: lake's getting more fertile. Yeah,
0: that... I, I'm, our water changes. Yeah. you know, especially reservoirs. Reservoirs have a lifespan mm-hmm. and they change over their lifespan. You know, some of the older reservoirs we had that used to be, you know just really crystal clear, um, low productivity reservoirs are getting more fertile and hmm. that changes the fisheries over time laurel's still probably the clearest lake though right uh, okay. uh, yeah. it's super clear. So. yeah yeah right. but uh but that fishery's definitely changed
1: yeah hmm. um don from lexington is crappie fishing going to be good at cave run this year where's the structure are there maps
2: yes on the website
1: yeah you can find you, maps yes to all
2: yeah then i think there's one page it's just on cave run and i mean it's really well done
1: i know we've done uh fish structure habitat pieces on kentucky field tv on cave run um so yeah you can get on the website and just probably look up fish structure or fish habitat and it'll pull it up there's a map of all the lakes it's the same thing that's going to be on the app
0: yeah and i you know i love this i talk about uh i'm a low-tech fisherman i don't i don't put that much money in my boat but I've got like a $99 Walmart depth finder, mm-hmm. and I can take that PDF map of Cave Run, and on the back, you flip it over, and it has the GPS locations of all the habitat. Mm-hmm. I can use my phone to help me get in the close yeah. area of where that habitat is, mm-hmm. use my $99 depth finder, yeah. and, and check those tr- mm-hmm. structures
1: yeah. for crappie. I mean, it, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that works. Uh, Mike from Northern Kentucky. This is a question for you, Paul. Bill Dance Said a large mouth and a small mouth were sunfish, not bass. Is this true? <laughs> oh, you're getting into the the
0: good fisheries questions. Yeah, yeah, they're they're more closely related than the true bass, the Marones, Yeah, uh, which are striped bass, hybrid hybrid bass, and white bass. White dance,
1: yeah. So Bill Dance, they are a
2: member of the sunfish family. Yeah,
0: yeah
1: Bill they Dance are? is the man. Bill yeah. Dance knew what he was talking about there. I thought I was going to start some controversy. since <laughs> the 70s when I was little. Were his uh, bloopers staged? In your opinion? I
2: don't know. The one, I don't, <laughs> the, the one on the old, the one he got every a couple of them haven't been where he fell off at time and stuff. Oh I don't gosh. think they were. But the old Trailer Hitch one, I think
1: is. My favorite one is the trolling motor. When the trolling motor comes out <laughs> and you see He's him, dancing across the water. He's just waterfall. fighting the trolling motor. Oh. Yeah, that, that's my favorite. That was, yeah, that was a good. That one. was my favorite yeah. by far. Uh, Chris from Jefferson County, Bluegill Wait. All right, bluegill, sunfish, radio, rock bass, what's the weight they can they can get up to? Lee, you know re- state records off the top of your head? <laughs> um, let me see. The bluegill's about five pounds, right? Yeah,
2: they can get up to that.
1: Um, um, God, rock
2: bass is so, that one's been around forever, I can't remember. See,
1: when he says, what's the weight they can get up to? I can read that two ways. What's yeah. the like, a weight you what, could expect them to get up to? Like, what's a, a really what big one? What can
2: they potentially
1: get Yeah, to like, it. what's a really big bluegill? Yeah. A pound? um it's a really big sunfish probably a little less than a pound yeah i mean
2: a 12 inch or 10 inch bluegill is the trophy
1: yeah and above i mean Rock bass. I mean, you're looking at like a pound or so for all these fish. Would be a giant
2: bluegill is four, four four and
1: change. Uh, that's what I'm pulling up here.
0: Bluegill is four pounds three ounces. Rock bass one pound ten ounce. Yeah. warmouth one pound six. And I think the important question is really not the max because those state yeah. records are the anomalies. Freak yeah. fish. Yeah, I mean uh, they're just the, the they're genetic. The... I mean, if you anomaly. catch
1: a bluegill
2: that's two pounds, you've caught an absolute. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, Whopper. That's, uh, uh, once in a decade fish. Just caught 19-year-old Mike Tyson, a bluegill. Yeah. You know, yeah. something that's just not not at your average. No doubt. And um, if, I, if I'm
0: looking in Kentucky about what are big fish, I go back to what Lee was talking about—that trophy fish, yeah, trophy program. fish. Mm-hmm. That that
1: tells you like that's a oh, good fish. Yeah, that's given a, the, I climate. caught a trophy fish. Yeah, you know, yeah. I so, caught um, a 12-inch uh, red ear sunfish. a Trophy. Off the top of my head, 10-inch bluegill is a trophy fish. 20? Yeah. Is it 23-inch largemouth? Yep. 20. 23, 23-inch largemouth. 20-inch smallmouth. I think it's 17-inch sauger. Spot, spots 18. Spot bass? 16. 16? 16? That's pretty dang
2: doable. I think, I think I've released a couple in Cumberland. that were.
1: Oh, I know with. I've seen some 16-inch spots. Um, <laughs> I love spotted bass. All people don't. I, I think they're awesome. Muskie's 40. Speaking of muskie, you know what? Let's go away from these questions for a quick second. I went out and did something cool with fisheries the other day. Uh-oh. Muskie broodstock. Oh. Yeah, it was very cool. Oh. So, so tell me a little bit about, because, I, I mean, you're the expert here. Tell me a little bit about muskie reproduction in the state. Okay, so you know muskie are, are
0: historically going to be a stream fish, and so spawning was going to be in that flowing water and vegetation. Um, with our impounded reservoirs, they just don't have that anymore, mm-hmm. and so that means any of our reservoir fisheries are mm-hmm. all maintained exclusively by stocking. So our hatcheries do an amazing job; they they keep brood stock um, in some larger ponds and then pull them out for spawning mm-hmm. each spring. And and we stock everything in our big three reservoirs that mm-hmm. that have musky right now: Buckhorn, Green, and Cave Run. Um, and so, it, it you know the reservoirs change the landscape, but we still get to have those great reservoir fisheries because of those efforts. Yeah. and we still do put them in streams to yeah. help bolster mm-hmm. the populations
1: there. So basically, what we did, we jumped on the shocking boat and we went out on the river and we shocked up musky. Looking River. Uh, yes. And they attempted to catch them with nets. That um, <laughs> wasn't always the easiest thing to do, but so then we collected. I think we collected eight muskie that day, and we took those back, put them in a truck, in a truck, and let them go in that broodstock pond that you're talking about. Yeah, which is just full of fish. Um, and I want to talk more about that in a second. <laughs> but um, and then I think the it was Rod Middleton we were out with um, from Eastern Fisheries, mm-hmm. and he said that around April, when they'll you know have their milk and their eggs produced, they'll shock them back out collect that and fertilize the eggs and that's basically where this year's muskie stock are going to come from or those yep. fish we stocked up or that we shocked up and that the fish after they produce the eggs and everything are released back into the water where they came from so it's no loss i mean it's a temp. it's like a two month loss of a couple fish but then they go back in the water yeah. and their result is all the muskie in the state are produced that way so it's a it's a pretty cool program but that's, get- that's like a fisheries division black site you know we're not allowed to talk
0: about you yeah. know where we keep them yeah. or or what happens, no, but that's, it is, it's cool, and it, yeah, like you said, it's a temporary loss yeah. of them being out there, but
1: what we get in return, these huge fisheries across yeah. reservoirs, yeah. it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, that that broodstock pond, the one, I, I don't know, I, I kind of feel like you're pointing me towards, don't you dare <laughs> mention that. Um, the foundation raffled off a... It's located in Ontario. In Ontario, <laughs> you must. Yeah. It's a hell of a drive, but it's worth it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's on private property, and there's... Check gates and people, but um, the Fish and Wildlife Foundation did auction off a opportunity to fish it um, years ago. If yeah, remember that? I do. And this uh, this this pond is it's a uh, less than fifteen acres, right? And there's over a hundred muskie in it, which is the densest population of muskie in the world. It's got fifty inch striped bass in it. Okay, it's got all these fish <laughs> in it. And this guy that won this raffle was from Alabama. And uh, Chad was the one taking him out on his boat. This is when Chad was with the foundation. And Chad said, he he asked him on the phone, he said, so what do you want to fish for? And the guy said, largemouth bass. And Chad said he just could not believe that the guy, he said, they stood on the front of that boat and threw wacky rigged worms and caught five and six pound largemouth bass all day. And Chad said that he was just dumbfounded it's like this guy came up from alabama home of the yeah. world record largemouth, <laughs> to fish for fish he could catch all day down there in alabama and yeah. a muskie and striper lake it hurt my soul to hear that but oh you know I, I joke around
0: in fisheries i'm like you know we we could put together a video where i said or just go Go home one day, and I'll chop off the end of a broomstick and mm-hmm. put a few hook, hooks on it, and take it out to that pond. And yep. I guarantee that density of muskie, something's mm-hmm. gonna oh, just yeah.
1: t-bone that. I, I mean, <laughs> we stock muskie at a rate of one per three acres. Is what I was told, right? That's what Rod, Rod told us. One per three acres. We're talking about 13 acre lake that has over a hundred muskie in it, over 50 of which are trophy class. So you're what's the density there? I mean, you're talking about. If, so uh,
2: the guy who won is from Wisconsin, what do you think he would fish
0: for? No, there, there you
1: go. Well, <laughs> there you go. I'm just. I mean, we're talking 17 muskie per acre versus one per three. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Uh, the the and, uh, people probably wonder how do they. He sus- was happy though, wasn't he? I mean, he said he had a great time out there catching. That's his what matters, right? Yeah, well, and the foundation got his money to put towards conservation efforts, so that matter probably sent some campers to, to conservation camps that year. And yeah, win for Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, well, but I and thought... no was
2: sore mouth muskies, so they'll, they'll, make, <laughs> yeah. they'll be in
1: better breeding condition. Oh, man. I thought that was pretty interesting, but that was years ago. Um, uh, Wilburn Burchett. Why do smallmouth not do well in Paintsville Lake?
2: Well, you know, they did for a little while. I, I, I fished Paintsville a lot um and i talked to jerry Binac about this it's just uh it's just a, a really good spot of bass lake the the habitat
0: just isn't as good yep.
1: Probably has to do with the fertility changing, like you were yeah. saying earlier. I
0: think it does too. And you know, Paintsville is a lake. We we talk a lot about invasive. It's got, a lot of, got a lot of weeds. We talk a lot about invasive species with Asian carp right now, and, and one that's kind of gotten less attention is you know our invasive aquatic plants. And um, I don't know off the top of my head specifically. I can't recall uh, smallmouth trends on Paintsville, but I know that that veg makes that a very difficult lake to fish. Mm-hmm um because you do see numbers of fish but we kind of talked about with the farm pond um what kind of fish you have and how many small versus larger fish ratio you have it matters and if all your fish all your forage fish and all your young fish are able to hide it makes it hard for your bigger predators as your largemouth and smallmouth to grow to find that forage to find the food and grow big and it makes it harder for us as anglers to get in there and find them
2: <laughs> yep
0: so
2: um, i've Fished it a lot, and that's a lot good spotted bass like though.
0: Yeah.
1: Excellent. Crowd from Bowling Green, cutthroat trout in the Cumberland River. Are people catching them? Have you heard of anybody actually catching the cutthroats yet?
2: Um, I hate to say it, but no.
1: Yeah, I haven't really looked into it at all. That's been that's been a little bit of a question for us. We haven't we haven't heard a lot, but I don't know what that means yet. Yeah, this is. I mean, they've just recently been stocked for yeah. the first yeah. time, so
2: it, it may take a while for them to start showing up.
1: What are the best brook trout streams? <clears throat> you guys are well of course uh
2: you know the, the, the ones in the, the gorge water, are probably yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh at really the best book
0: drive streams come on river that's yeah true. i mean you're
2: yeah that's where the state records are all at and so but if you're wanting a mountain type you know we've got them listed on uh, on our in the fishing guide uh, uh i think uh the, the ones in the gorge are, are are better We've we've went back and restocked some of those and done some studies on them correct
0: yeah, yeah. and i think i think at the end of the day that it starts with what your experience is you're looking for. Mm-hmm. If you're like, I want to have a pretty day fishing for brook trout, you mm-hmm. might choose one of those mm-hmm. those stream
1: locations. If you're like, I just want to catch the biggest brook trout I can. Head to Cumberland River. Head to Cumberland River yeah. with that water. Um, Ethan, this Instagram question, is there any license needed to operate a kayak? No. Not, no. not right now? Well, not
0: to operate a kayak to fish from a kayak, yes. I fishing guess, license, yeah, yeah, I guess we're kind of going. To he know. just said operate
1: a kayak, so I'm assuming he's been paddling. Yeah, yes. as
0: long as you don't, there's no registration required unless you put a trolling motor on it. Uh, then that changes then, the then game, and you're going to need game. to register it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, what are some tips for successful trout fishing in a Fins Lake, Carol? Uh,
2: throw inline spinners.
1: Yeah. I'd, I'd say, you know,
0: the only the only really complaint and difficulty people have catching trout is when they go, like, the moment the fish are stocked. Yeah. yeah. Like, let the, let them get settled in a little after stocking, inline spinners, worms. There's lots of options.
2: Fly anglers, you know, a copper john yeah. or, or, you know, prince nibs. some of those medium-sized nymphs, just strip them right underneath. That'll produce fish.
1: How have, this is Billy, um, how has the uh, Asian carp affected bass and crappie on Kentucky and Barkley? That's a great question and a really, really difficult
0: one mm-hmm. because it's it's really hard to tease out direct impacts of, of Asian carp on our bass and crappie fisheries. Um,
2: well, you know, anecdotally, when we were in the boat, we talked to that guy who was a commercial fisherman, and he's he said the past couple of years, we're hearing better fishing for bass, better crappie fishing, and things seem like they're on an, an upswale.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the real cre- The real question we want to get to is what's Determate the trajectory. tournament weights
2: are still really really robust. Yeah, so.
0: I think it's changed a lot of what the bass and crappie are, are, the way they're feeding and, mm-hmm. and the way you have to work to catch them. And the good news is, is I'm getting really good reports from Adam Martin, our district bio out there in terms of what he's seeing on the water. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing anglers telling me things
1: are looking up and they're seeing less Asian carp on the water mm-hmm. when they're out fishing. Okay. Next question is actually what's going on with Asian carp at Kentucky Lake. That's Mike from Callaway County. You want to just break down modi- or modified unified real quick? Well, I don't know. Fifty-nine
2: thousand what... total for the.
1: Well, uh, we can you break down the process? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it, you know, look, we could literally
0: spend probably the next week talking about what we're doing on Asian carp yeah, on those lakes. To break it down, the big picture. I mean, the goal is we're using some experimental methods to hopefully reduce the number of fish that are moving into the lakes being the bath system yeah being the bath system the the bubble and sound barrier and then working to encourage the commercial industry in the lake to help facilitate the commercial harvest as much as possible 2019 we saw a record over five million pounds of asian carp came out of kentucky waters Hmm. that's mind-blowing it's on one hand you're like there's that many here and on the other hand you're like that many came out which is a good thing mm-hmm. and so encouraging that commercial harvest and then for our part and U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service continuing to research the impacts of Asian carp and to find ways that the state can can do some removal on our end so yeah. um, there's a ton going on I could write a book on it but you important thing <laughs> uh, I'm gonna leave that to Ron that's his new go. job right now that's what he can do but I'm happy with the direction. Yeah. We, we can continue to pull out that way to carp. I think we're we're going in a good Especially a good, if we can place. stop them from moving in at the numbers mm-hmm. that they were. Mm-hmm. That's a real key. Yeah, we're not seeing, we haven't confirmed large amounts of reproduction in the lake. It's mm-hmm. mostly happening in the rivers. So that's the impetus for, all right, let's keep the river ones from coming in and harvest the ones then we then, in the yes, lake.
2: Because yeah. potentially Barkley's going to be a closed system with the bath. So, and yeah. Lawn feels confident that we can really Hammer down on
0: them Yeah and this is an experiment now we've still got that you know connection open between the lakes but yeah. if this works we can see even you know even 30 to 40 percent I hope it's more like 70 to 80 percent um, prevention of them moving into the
1: lakes but even if it's low, that matters. Well if the mm-hmm. bath system works on Barkley, because right now they're tagged fish yeah. and they're kind of monitoring the number of fish that are moving through the lock versus what used to move through the lock. And I feel like if that works, then that's a system that can be implemented possibly on Kentucky side. Yeah, you got it. And then we'd shut the whole, the whole, both reservoirs off. Or not shut them off, but I was talking to, uh, gosh, what's his name? He's a guy with fish guidance systems. Yeah. Um, I can't think of his name right now. He's from the UK. Um, and he was saying that, you know, 70 or 80% is a, a number that they'd like to shoot for. Yeah, and I think when you when you talk about this issue, the, it's the
0: overused analogy, but it's the toolbox. Yeah, toolbox. Yeah. Everything is a tool in the toolbox. You've yeah. got um, <laughs> preventing them coming in. You've got commercial removal. You've got us researching them and pulling them out. Yeah,
1: no. I mean, there's a lot going into it. Like you said, it's a uh, all hands on deck kind of fighting them so but <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it's cool and i i mean when i listen to the guys because i go down there and i film segments and covered it when i listen to the, the experts and talk about the technology and the experimental you know processes that are being used it makes sense mm-hmm. yeah you know mainly because like you said no reproduction in the lakes or very little that's the key um because i mean we had a huge die off in the lakes before they haven't really reproduced in the lakes if we can just keep them from going in the lakes and we can harvest them then we got ourselves a, a you know we're winning that fight yeah and at the end of the day i mean let's at least get them to a manageable level yeah i mean they might always be there at a level but let's let's not kill our native fisheries yes. with it you know yeah all right let's see shane facebook question um how extensive was the shad die off in lake cumberland this past year can we expect to see a good shad spawn this spring Uh, You know, shad nailwives in Cumberland and the die-off, I mean, that's hard to tell Mm
0: -hmm. just how big of a die-off there was down there. But we saw a lot come through the dam into the tailwater. Uh, But again, I mean, you're talking Lake Cumberland. Yeah. So even, uh, you know… They make for
2: better fishing, don't you think? uh, Maybe a little bit more competition?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, that was… Some fishermen had kind of theorized that there was so much forage that a lot of your big predatory fish weren't having to work hard for a meal. So I'm curious to see the spring, how the fishing is, but I'll tell you right now, I'm like we were talking about before we started, I'm already hearing good reports from the guides.
2: Oh yeah, I am too.
0: I was on the water myself in December and I was seeing the striper and I'm just, man, I've been salivating for this you know, this spring to get here and the night bite to come on. What mm. night
1: guy, that is, oh, that is so fun. Ooh. Yeah. Robert from Lexington, uh, Taylorsville Lake State Park, there are a lot of Christmas trees piled up. Are they adding to existing sites or making new ones? A little bit of everything. Okay. Um, I'm not joking.
0: Uh, the the fishery staff have busted their tails, especially Jeff Crosby, Dave Baker, and Danny right mm-hmm. here out of Frankfurt putting out, I think they put out, oh gosh, it, it's well over 3,000 Christmas trees in just the past few months. Um, and, and a lot of those went into Taylorsville, both to refresh some of the old sites and to put, to put out some new ones. So keep tabs on the website for the new locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylorsville's is gonna be on fire again this year.
1: It's already on for, we yeah. just We got a piece on this weekend show, brand new piece from Taylorsville. Really? Um, using a live scope <laughs> uh, to catch crappie, which was pretty cool. Oh. You seen that before? Mm-mm. I mean, you can literally see your bait. I mean, you can see the fish on the screen you can see your bait going down there to it and just you can see the fish coming back up i mean it's pretty cool it's, I've, I've seen the ice fishing guys do that but i've never seen it here it's uh i mean the guy at the beginning of the segment he's like it's like watching a, a video game it's like playing a video game you know because you're watching the bait and you're looking at the fish and it's like he says like a video game really addicting and chad was having a blast out there so i'm assuming that it was pretty fun well i look forward to see that yeah mm-hmm. it's on the same one as you this weekend so all right, um, all right. Do I have to have an anchor in my boat, George from Mercer? Nope. No? That's a take it or take it or leave it. Yeah, it's not safety. Uh, why did it take so long to lower Baron Lake, Ronald from Warren County? That was rain, wasn't it? Rain, rain, no. rain. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, we don't manage the. Yeah,
2: that's ask the U.S. Corps of Engineers. TV, Corps I
1: think that one's probably TVA, or is that no? That's Louisville District.
2: Yeah, Louisville District. Corps. Yeah, that's,
0: I mean water levels. That's not our baby. Uh, I'm, I'm glad it's not. Because yes. man, we've been getting a ton of rain the mm. past past few years, and uh,
1: we've met with the Corps a couple times asking them, and they're just like, the water keeps coming. Yep, that's true. There, I mean, the primary reason for having dams and reservoirs is flood control. You know, yes. it's not fishing. Unfortunately, that's what they're. That's what they <laughs> Well, we need to goal. get that
2: fixed. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, we need to work on that. Yeah, it's number yeah. one priority: fishing, flood control, maybe
1: third. Maybe third.
2: <laughs> <laughs> fishing, boating. <laughs>
1: flood I'm going to try to run through these quick, and we can go ahead and end it here pretty soon, so I'm going to bounce through these quickly. Ed from Barron County, how does high water affect the life cycle of a crappie? How long does it take them to get 10 inches? Well, just
0: go go for the specific
1: questions here. I mean,
0: that you know size varies by reservoir. Again, it comes down to forage, growth, season, fertility. Um, As far as high water levels, what we've seen with a lot of our native fish species is what matters as much as anything is stability. If your water level's high, if it stays high during the spawn, they're going to do well. Mm -hmm. It's when you have those high drops. And then they uh, drop the bottom out of it.
1: Drop the bottom. That's when you have issues. Uh, Matthew from Nelson County. What's the best lake in Kentucky to catch a good-sized legal crappie? That's a really... I mean, you could go to one of six lakes, probably. Mm -hmm. Barren, uh, Ruff, Taylorsville, Mm -hmm. Cave... I mean, what, what uh, am I talking about? mean, Kentucky lake, Kentucky lake and like Lake
2: Barclay are pretty tough to beat. Don't uh, you think
0: They are, but what I love about Kentucky is I feel like no matter where you are in the state, you're like less than an hour away from a good crappie lake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got them spread out.
2: Check your fishing forecast.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, it's on the website. Tom wants to know when a lake w- in Ohio County was last stocked washburn lake and with what kind of fish you can just tell him where you can find that info
0: yeah uh visit our website for stocking info we've got a lot of good information on trout catfish stockings
1: um this person can you explain statewide catfish regs same thing (laughs) go to the website absolutely how do you get duckweed out of a farm pond oh
0: man Hmm. that's a that's a another really good question again i'd refer to the website go up to that search bar Use it for all of these questions that you have, and you're gonna get right to the info you need. Search farm pond management and look for vegetation control. There's a couple chemicals out there that work well. Floridone comes to mind. Um, But also, again, we keep saying fertility. Uh, Fertility and what's going into that water matters.
1: These last two questions I had here were about stocking and and regs as well, so we'll just tell them to look at the website. Check that out. What else you guys got for me, anything? I mean, we just buzzed through those questions. Honestly, we're at 50-something minutes right now. It's probably mm-hmm. about time to wrap it up. We did this one after lunch today, though, so there's no real rush to yes. get out the door. <laughs> yeah, I'm, oh, uh, and, man, I'm just ready to get on the water. Yes. I'm tired of talking about fishing mm-hmm. all there. Mm-hmm. tired of thinking about it. I'm ready to my get out there. My kayak is
2: going, save me. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> save
2: me. I haven't had
1: my kayak out in forever, which is a travesty but bassoon. I mean, I've been fishing quite a bit here lately, mostly farm ponds. I hons. bought
2: a new Sims vest and filled it just chock full. And <laughs> two two times ago, Dane was our guest, and Dane was at a, one of the Finns Lakes, and he found uh, a nice uh, waterproof fly box, and he we were out here taking some pictures. He's like, Lee, you still fly fish? I was like, yeah. So he gave it to me, and now it is chock full of crawfish patterns and streamers and all kinds of stuff.
1: I don't so. think I'm going to try to get myself one of those vests. I know I told you that I want one of those vests for stream fishing. Because mm-hmm. right now i wear a backpack and that's convenient, but I still got to take it off anytime I want to get something out of it. Yeah. You know those vests with the pockets on the front? Yeah, this is yeah. that new Sims. Oh, yeah. see
0: Train Post got one. My, my oldest son, <laughs> he's seven, and he came to me the other day and he was like, Dad, uh, are we going to go fishing March 20th? And I said, uh, I don't know why, buddy." he's like, it's spring. I I know man I'm there too (laughs) That's funny
2: But I I filled it up uh, Last week And I'm uh, Hopefully get it broken in
0: you, you ready to go you yeah the... I, mean,
2: I have one that i've had since the 90s an old cotton one that's got so many sweat rings and it. it looks like a like a layer cake you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> this one's a mesh and it's got tons of pockets and i'm excited
1: i just kind of want to break i want to uh, this we sound like a bunch of little kids i want to reorganize my stuff and i want to be able to <laughs> i want to break it down by like kind of fishing event or species you know or like group them together so like when the white bass runs going on i just want to have a tray that i grab yeah, I do, I've, I've fixed I've,
0: one up. I've kind of done that. Like yeah. I, I've got my box for musky and striper yeah. and mm. sauger. Yeah. Uh, but and just
1: I, break it down that way. Don't have all your hooks in one box and sinkers in another. Just that have, way you can just yeah. oh good. I'm going here. I'm
2: going to grab this one thing and then I'm covered.
1: Yeah. For me, I know wintertime times like the time I have
0: to organize everything because mm. once spring and summer gets and I just grab something and I go fish and I come back and
1: throw it in the pile. Yeah. Like whatever mess yeah. there is. Your tackle and, box looks like Chad's office in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <That's> horrible. <laughs> I mean, but oh well. All right, guys. Well, I say we call it quits. Go fishing soon. let um, do it. Yep. I hear you. Uh, I think the weather's supposed to get pretty bad today. If not, I might have gone fishing on the way home. You want to hit a farm pond later? Uh Yes. Oh, <laughs> let's go now. <laughs> yep. Let's go now. All right, guys. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks. Take All it
2: right. easy. Have a good one.